Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me tonight, Steve Classic. And Nikki. Joining us now is Jerome from South Carolina. Go ahead, Jerome. You're on Free Talk Live. Greetings and salutations. Who was looking for me? Because here I am. I was. I was saying, well, you haven't heard from Jerome in a while, but I'm only here once a month, every 28 days. Yeah, so. that's Steve Classic, Jerome. Yeah. Well, we might. We have to expand the panel. You know, <laughs> more to marry. I always say, if you're footing the bill, yeah, we'll do it. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about um, the guy that was asking about me. Yeah. Your new uh, compatriot. He's not new. He's here once a month and has been here uh, hey. once a month for uh, several years now. We might have to get him on more. Yeah. If well, he likes me, he likes me. I can't uh, help again, it. if you're I'm if you're going to pay for person. it, Jerome, we'll do it. I'll pay for it out of your pocket. I, I would I would pay just to to have Jerome on the phone. I would pay. I pay for the call. How like, about that? I like, pay for the call. Like what? Like three ninety nine anyway, a minute? Yeah. Anywho. I have a I have a doozy. I mean a humdinger of a story. Yeah. Excuse me if I sound a little outdated, you know. But we got a governor here in South Carolina, and I can swear this guy's a Clansman. After what I saw today, I was checking my phone for some news and stuff information. Yeah. And what what did I find? I don't know. Governor Henry. McMaster, the scumbag, dirtbag, loser that he is, talked about sicking dogs on Democrats or making them so extinct that they're going to have to use dogs to find them. Now, you didn't grow up during the civil rights struggle, and I did. So sicking dogs on people, it's not funny. He said, oh, it was a joke. No, it ain't funny, okay? That it's reminds funny, me, and I'm not laughing. That reminds me of the joke that uh, Obama made. Uh, I mentioned it last night uh, when his daughter first started dating. She's 13, 14 years old, uh, and so you know the big news was that she's got a boyfriend. And so Obama is at this this big dinner, uh, and he gets up and he's like, "Well, so yeah, apparently she's got a boyfriend now. I got two words for him: predator drone." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I'm no, like that is that is that is one of the most classless things I've ever seen. Is uh, somebody no, who's the head of to, somebody's look. who's the head of an empire threatening their daughter's boyfriend with a predator drone yeah. strike? Fourteen year old, fifteen year old boy. Yeah. Look, you know there's no way in hell he's going to stick a predator drone on somebody. You okay? don't know that this crap. That, oh please! Do you on. know that this hey. governor in South Carolina wouldn't sick dogs on some Democrats? Oh, I know he would. Okay, so then what's the difference? They're both politicians. I mean, how, though? We don't really know these people. We haven't had a real conversation with them about either of these comments, so I don't know if they're serious or not. Yep. Oh, you think that's not a racial threat, huh? Especially after what happened here at a local church. I mean, I didn't say it wasn't a racial threat. It could be. It's definitely a threat. I said I didn't know. That's the governor, okay? The governor. All right, that's the governor. It yeah. says something like that. I mean, I typically don't like politicians, and that's a yeah. Also, not a surprising statement yeah. for a politician to make. I was going to say also, like politicians say all sorts of things all of the time. Uh, most of them are BS, right? Most of the things that come out of their mouth are are lies, and uh, you it's know, it's not funny. 
Uh, yeah, not, it rarely I mean, is. He's not, not laughing. He's, he's not trying to be a comedian, apparently. So, uh, well, we'll see what the national media has to say about this. Probably nothing. Yeah, yeah, probably nothing because nobody really cares, Jerome. Sadly, that's the state of the world. Why? Because they don't care about black people, right? I don't know no, if it really has anything to do with black why? people. Yeah, it's. Hey, they damn sure care about Ukraine, huh? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. They're fighting tooth and nail to save their country, but people in our own country who've been born and raised here and served this country. They don't give a damn about them or the comments made about them, right? No, they, I mean, they, they sure yeah. don't. I mean, the evidence proves that. Uh, it's overwhelming, actually, that they don't. Uh, they, they leave these veterans to suffer all sorts of trauma, PTSD, all sorts of mental problems, physical problems uh, from you know being sent to foreign lands to kill people that they've never met, have no actual quarrel with. Uh, it's, it's a can ridiculous proposition. What's that? Can I throw something else at you? I don't know. Can you? I was in my mom's hospital room a couple of years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I told you I lost my mom. It's close to two years. It'll be July. It'll be close to two. It'll be like two years. Did you look behind the I'm couch? There. My mom was sick. My mom was sick, okay? And I was there. So this, all, as I always was to provide emotional support for her. Mm-hmm. And I get into a conversation with her respiratory nurse. And we were talking about the military. He says, oh, the only reason you got in the military is because you were black. All right, so circling back to this article from KVOA.com in Tucson, Arizona, uh, a man called Border Patrol, and uh, Border Patrol shows up and shoots the guy who called instead of, you know, taking care of the alleged illegal immigrants. Uh, The one, uh, uh, hang on, let me find out where I was. Uh, She told News 4 Tucson she wanted people to know what happened to their loved one, Raymond Mattia. That's the man's name, Raymond Mattia. According to another family member who also asked not to be identified, Mattia was shot and killed by Border Patrol agents Thursday night. She said Mattia had called Border Patrol. He called to request for assistance because there were multiple illegal immigrants who had trespassed onto his yard, and he wanted assistance getting them off of his property. It happened in the village known as uh, Manager's Dam, a few miles from the U.S.-Mexico border. The family said Matia went outside when he saw the agents. They claimed he was just two feet away from his front door when suddenly shots rang out. All I heard, uh, sorry, I had heard all the gunshots like it was a war. I just went into shock like I couldn't believe what I was hearing. The family is still confused as to what exactly happened that night, and they want answers. They told us there was an estimated 38 shots what? fired at him. I mean, there's there can't be any reason for that, no matter what the situation was. Just standing on his front porch? There's absolutely no reason for 38 shots, unless they don't know how to... Sh- I mean, even if they did yeah. need to use their gun for any reason, 38 on one person? I mean, you don't know how to shoot, and it's <laughs> kind of scary that your border patrol or any sort of cop... You know? Yeah. It's like, ugh, you have a gun? That's terrifying. They told us there was an estimated 38 shots fired at him. You know that's excessive, and we want justice, and we want to know what happened and why there were so many Border Patrol out there shooting at him. They don't mention the number of agents that showed up. Two. (laughs) Well, they make it sound like 
why they want to know why there were so many border patrol out there shooting at him. So they make it sound like there was more than, you know, just a couple of dudes. Uh, I mean, 38 shots for like a couple of people, that would be excessive. Yeah. But I mean, that could I mean, be three nine millimeters, right? If they're empty. Yeah. Before. Uh, Ophelia Rivas, a lifelong family friend, said Raymond was a law-abiding citizen. He was not aggressive, he was a kind man, and he was not violent. She added, he was an artist, a ceremony person, a traditional hunter. He's a traditional singer. He was always kind to his family and taking care of them however he could. She, along with others in the community, is angry. I have dealt with Border Patrol aggression and unmonitored behavior out here on Toho Odom land without any regard to the respect and to the land and to the people. So it sounds like they're Native American, yeah. the person that called. And when you're on the southern border, my guess is that uh, this person also appeared to probably be Mexican to the Border Patrol agents. So I don't know if that's where the mistake was. And they were like, oh, brown racist. people, fire! <laughs> I mean, that Speaking of racism, seem to do that. Uh, also on Thursday night, Tohono Odom Police, along with the FBI and Customs and Border Protection Office, of prof- wait, also there on Thursday night. Oh, I see. So it wasn't just Border Patrol that was there. Uh, Tohono Odom police were there. The FBI were there. What? And Customs and Border Protection's because Office of Professional Responsibility. All are investigating the officer involved shooting. I'm confused. Why? Maybe they showed because up after the shooting. Yeah, to investigate? Maybe. I. It, it's unclear. I just, mm. I don't know how we got from this guy calling Border Patrol because he thought there were illegal immigrants on his front yeah. lawn to he's murdered, like, you know, 10 people there. show up, there's 38 rounds fired. Like, how does this, and I, I doubt we're going to get answers or any sort of truthful answers. Yeah. Welcome to the police state. I mean, it is here. Uh, it yeah. used to be, uh, at some point, uh, Free Talk Live hosts and co-hosts would would warn of the coming police states. Well, guess it's what? Here. Uh, it's here. It's been here for some time now. I believe, it was it Hanfreen? Is that your name? In Texas? Yeah, Lubbock, Texas. Yep, what's your name again? It's Anthony Garza. How are you guys doing? Anthony. Hey, Anthony. So you're calling because we were talking about uh, this situation with the border patrol, right down in uh, yes, sir. the Tucson area with the Tohono. Can you tell us what you know? Yeah, the, this is one of the few Apache tribes that have a connection with Mexico. For the Tohono O'odham, uh, their original sacred lands are in the Sonoran Desert in a little village called Kitovah, and a lot of their students and children are there learning. You know, the uh, tribe... Uh, hey, uh, Anthony, can you uh, just back culture. back away from the phone a little bit? You're a little bit distorted as you're telling us the Oh, I'm sorry. Information. I it's okay. But anyway, the, the Tohono O'odham uh, have um, a sacred land in the Sonoran Desert mm-hmm. in a little village called Kitabach. They're one of the few Apache tribes that have a connection with Mexico. Okay. As a matter of fact, there's a treaty with Mexico but Kitovac is kind of like a reservation. A lot of the Tohono Indians send their children to Kitovac to learn the uh, culture. Okay. And, and without saying it, without sounding racist, a lot of these Indians really do look Mexican. 
So I think this is going to be a very interesting case. Okay. Do you know anything more than we've covered in the story about it? Are you local to it? Have you heard anything? No, I've got a few calls out to some friends over there. Hopefully they'll get back with me. Apparently uh, there was um, a little uh, trigger happiness going on is the only thing I've heard. I mean, sounds like it. Uh, Over 38 shots, according to this article from uh, KVOA. So, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, somebody got trigger happy and... You know how cops are. If one cop starts shooting, they all want to join in. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the State Department definitely going to be involved with this one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, I'm sorry, you said you're with an affiliate of ours. Is that right? Yeah, we're, I'm a KRFE in Lubbock, Texas, one of your affiliates. Okay. All right. Excellent. Well, uh, will you do we'll us be, a uh, favor as you learn more? Like, we're here seven nights a week from 7 to 10 Eastern. So if you hear more about the situation, will you call us and, and update us? Yeah, I'll certainly do it. Awesome. Uh, did you want to share anything else tonight, Anthony? Well, we're the station that trained the Buddy Holly. That's our claim to fame. We've got Robert in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I just wanted to say that a lot of times you refer to people um, like who are heads of state as pe- or even even mayors as, as people with power. I, I never really looked at it that way. I, I always figured that those people actually have a responsibility because you you see you can't really have just uh, a group of people like the Senate or the Congress or, or, or the citizenry. Uh, speaking for the government. I mean, you have to have basically, and sometimes you have to have one person who speaks for your government and who takes immediate action when it's necessary. For example, in 1973, when Golda Meir called Richard Nixon at about 3.30 in the morning, she uh, she was in desperate shape. He couldn't go to the Congress and say, hey, but, hey guys, come together. We need a decision within three hours. I mean, they were on top of Israel practically already, those five countries. He had to take immediate action. And that's why you need a head of state. It, it's not a question, like I say, of power. I mean, after 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 it was over, I mean Nixon could have, you know, they could have taken action against. So him because there's somebody in power in another country who's doing something that you don't like, that's why we need to have somebody in power in another country to act upon it. That doesn't make any sense. Well, well, for for emergency situations and for situations where you need one person to make one to make a decision quickly and to make it logically in in behalf of a whole nation. You have to have one person at the top. You can't have a group yeah. of people. That sounds okay, like so, a terrible idea yeah, to have one person but, have control over a whole country. It's like a dictator. But, but let's back up for just a minute. Let's, yes. let, let's back up for just a minute. You said something about responsibility. And yes. it would be probably a better deal if the people who uh, acquire these positions of so-called power, these politicians, if they did act as if, uh, you know, what they have is a privilege and they had a responsibility. But I need to ask, who ultimately holds them responsible? Because it certainly isn't the people. It certainly isn't other politicians. Who is it exactly that holds these people responsible for their decisions, good or bad? In the final analysis, it's the people of the United States of America in the case of Richard Nixon in Israel. We got to decide if he did the right thing or not. We did? I, I didn't. Did you? No. Well, if it had been a mistake, we would have been all, all 300, how many of us there were at that time, would have been on top of him for sure. Oh, oh you think so? Yes. So so what about uh, when, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, 
pick pick a military involved pick vietnam right uh what about that that was a horrible mistake and it was actually a uh what's the word i'm looking for atrocity uh, a, an atrocity but uh it was a false flag event yeah that the that gulf led the gulf of tonkin that led the united states into the vietnam war who holds anybody responsible for that entire war same situation. It's the people of the United States who went along. So with where, no where were was... those? Where were those three hundred million people holding anyone accountable? Accountable. Right here at home, sitting here in the United States of America at home, and, and, and Do, we, doing and nothing, we, right? Because they exactly. can't, because they don't have the guns. It's the government that has all of the guns, and they're the ones who do yeah. the enforcing. Uh, the citizenry does none of the enforcing. Uh, it is a false statement to say that the people, quote unquote, of the United States are responsible for holding these people accountable. Uh, that is what they want you to believe, but that is not how things actually work. Well, when the people of the United States decided against the Vietnam War, we got out in a flash. Actually, the reason why is because... After how many years? Well, I can tell you exactly. It was a very short time after they decided that everybody, all the children, even the ones... And how about, how about the lies that got us into that war? How about the people that were drafted that died that went there against their will? Yeah, conscription. I mean, I don't care how long it lasted. I don't care if it only lasted for a month. If people died in that time that were drafted yeah. and didn't want to go, yeah, you know? Oh, you know they did. It, well, it was the people of the United States of America who made that possible. No, no and I'm, I'm sick of this people of the United States, we, 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 collective. No, I mean, it's and that's perpetuating the issue. We're individuals, and we need to act as such. You know, we need to take our power back, and we need to live our lives as free individuals, cowering under the state and living in this collective, like, fairy tale world. Yeah, and that's like, what it is. It's a delusion is what yeah, it is. Yeah, like, I don't want to be in, roped into the we. I'm not a in we, I'm final... a me. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? This is Robert from South Carolina also. Oh, wow. it's wow. a hat trick tonight. It is a hat trick. Oh, that's weird. Three hopefully you're, you're, hopefully yeah, you're cooler. Uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting to. Uh, I thought there would be a screener. I don't know how I got through that one. N- normally there is. I made an executive decision because, well, <laughs> you're an executive. Okay, you, know. well, you, did. you I, made a good idea. I don't, uh, I don't uh, follow the rules usually. I, well, I'd, I'd like to make a, a brief comment about uh, Jerome. Okay. Uh, your caller there. I'm, I guess he must be a, a guy who calls in all the time. Is that he correct? is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's not so a chronic caller, but he's a frequent caller. Right? Oh, he. Well, I'll tell you what. I know Jerome. I've never met him in my life, but okay. I've, for decades, I listened to uh, twelve fifty WTMA here in Charleston, and Jerome is a. I guess he just sits home all day and listens to the radio. He's like a seminar caller, call right? Dude, Jerome used to have his own uh, music on a sh- on a local show. We used to <laughs> no have. way! They play the and theme. Every time Jerome called, not, Jerome, I hope you're listening, buddy. Uh, Jerome is a Marxist racist who sits home and all he thinks about is his privilege and his victimization. And I, when I, I don't listen to you guys a lot, but I was sitting out here in my back patio and I heard Jerome come up and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> here's Jerome. Well, Jerome used to have on, it was called Radio Free Rocky D on 1250 WTMA. Okay. And 
he had his own music. They would screen his call, and whenever they let him talk, he had his own music like a WWF uh, <laughs> intro music thing. Okay, yeah, he had his own intro music. Yes, Jerome is a legend in Charleston, and Jerome is a racist black victim who all he cares about is him being, I don't know who did what to him, but that story he told you about him being in a hospital or whatever, nobody said that to him. They I never mean, said that to him. Nobody said that to his behind. How, how do you know, though? Uh, I mean, it, it, somebody could have said that no, to him. People, people don't talk like that. Yeah, they, I've, in the, yeah, I've, nobody, I've seen no, things I'm like from, that. I'm from, I'm from South Carolina. Nobody does that. Nobody. Listen, I was born in 1972, mm-hmm. and we were taught from age one, we don't look at people like that. We don't. Everybody is equal. And I am an, I'm from an integrated school. We don't talk to people like that. I mean, and, that's very nice, so, but I... I... Unfortunately, not everyone believes that way, and there are absolutely racist people out there. Yeah, there and are, they yeah. absolutely not, live in not, South Carolina. Not, not, here, not here, no, not here from where I'm at. Especially somebody who's a professional in the nursing field. Uh, I I literally know racist nurses, <laughs> but okay, you know. Well, it, well, listen. I've, well, we still listen, love I've Jerome. Listened, I've listened to. <laughs> I've listened to Jerome for years and years and years. Does he call like he all the radio shows? Uh, a lot of them. Okay. I, I can only name one that I knew because he had his own intro. Okay, <laughs> he had his own intro, like a WWE, like a boxing match. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, um, I guess I might even met him. I don't know. I've, but he may be a nice guy. But I'm telling you, this guy is blowing things way out of proportion. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. People love each other here. We don't discriminate. Uh, It's just not that way. It's not that way. He's not been, you know, he may have been discriminated against by an individual, but holy, he hasn't been discriminated against that that way well i'm glad to hear it's that uh, like you know that there are folks like you in the area and uh, you know we appreciate you uh, at least representing those uh, who are not racist uh, in in that respect is there is there another caller in south carolina his name is ferris that calls a lot of talk radio shows i don't know if you've heard him on your uh, stations I down mean, there. maybe if i heard his voice oh, okay. I, I i really only but the name I is interesting ferris like bueller like Ferris Bueller, yeah, I, right? I probably know if I heard him. So he he's a seminar him. caller. He calls the Hartford radio stations. As uh-huh. well, you know, I got you. It's like, oh, here's Ferris. Okay, and it's he always comes on like, you got to give me my one minute. Okay, and it's always like the same story, and uh, he's out. Robert, was there anything else you wanted to share while we've got you? Well, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed in. Uh, I, I'm not sure your lady there, what her name is, it's Nikki. Nikki. No, it's, I thought it's Ann Nikki. Nikki, <laughs> I was a little disappointed because I'm, you know, I I listen to AM radio while I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. I've always been a professional. I'm retired now. Uh, but I remember that story. About what story? The, the flashbang being thrown into the baby's crib. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know, I know for sure I was 
uh, employed at that time, so I didn't have a lot of time to listen to the radio. But I I really wish you'd be more informed about those kind of details uh, because it's just unfortunate that you, that that's that was a popular story. I mean, um, how long ago did this happen? I would say that was at least four or five years ago, gentlemen. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but those kind of things, uh, because I have the same views you guys have a lot, you know, and that is gross, gross negligence on police department, mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the police department's part. Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live. I, I bet you he might know Hunter Biden. <laughs> and as far as 38 shots... I don't think I could have stood up after that onslaught, even if all the shots came yeah, out of the Yeah, who could, <laughs> really? I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot, of, lot, lot, lot of lead. No, I'm talking about even if all the shots came out of a bottle, you couldn't stand up after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I have been known to have a high tolerance, but I think 38, 38 shots yeah. would, might would, do it. would do me in. Yeah, well, a fifth is like thirty, thirty-two. So, I mean, if you're banging them and oh, you so ain't chasing it, really not that much. Then, if you if you have an et, you're in trouble. <laughs> a buddy of mine's great grandpa was a serious alcoholic, and the family did the best they did to keep booze away from him. Yeah, but somehow or another, he got a hold of a fifth of Jack Black, locked himself in the bathroom, chugged it down, and died. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that's a way to do it. That's my escape route. I with, don't also with a, a a bottle of Tylenol PM. I don't uh, advocate that, but you know, at the same time, uh, it should be your choice uh, if you want to go, and yeah. if you do, it should be your choice on how to how to do it. Uh, so, uh, however, that seems excessive. You know, also kind of a waste uh, of whiskey. I think it was just. You know, Grandpa, I don't think he wanted to go. I think he just wanted to get drunk. Yeah. They'd been again so long, you know? Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's, but, that's, uh, not, that's not at all the story I called in about. I want to tell you a recollection of old River Dave, speaking of lost callers. But before that, I'm going to tell you a tale of when I called the cops because a bunch of bikers showed up on my property okay. to steal my horses. Okay. I had one that was mine. Wait a minute, wait a minute. uh, I'm sorry. I I immediately don't believe you. You immediately don't believe me? Yeah, ask me why. You don't believe me? Why? Why don't you believe me? Well, because if bikers showed up, they wouldn't steal your horses. They would steal your motorcycles. Otherwise, they're horsemen, not bikers. They want horsepower, not horses. This bike club was a joke. They called themselves the Norsemen. They all rode seven fifty four Hondas. Uh, Not one of them had a hardly dangerous. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call them bikers. I would call them motorcycle enthusiasts. Well, that's what they called themselves. So I'm just, you know, like I deal with Ari. I'll call her what she wants to be called. <laughs> okay, fair. That's fair. So anyway, these Jamokes show up in like a Fiat and a Nissan and uh, an old rusty pickup truck hauling a, a horse trailer with no lights, no plate, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife had befriended this broad earlier, and we agreed to board her horses. Okay. And she owed me like over $1,400 in feed and boarding. And turns out that the fellow she was divorcing actually held the paper on the horses. 
Okay. So I got him to sign them over. I had all this paperwork in my hand, and these bikers show up. So I'm out there defending my place with an old double-barrel shotgun, and I got three or four of them in my face, and one little peg-leg bastard, he'd had been amputated somehow or another. He had a metal contraption leg, and I, he, he, he uh, reached behind his back, and I knew he was packing a pistol. I could see the bulge when he turned around one time, and I knew what he was reaching for. And when he did that, this other crazy biker broad jumped over his shoulder and smucked me in the eye. While this is all going on, three or four of them go around the other side of the horse pen because it was the ball field on the backside of me. It was kind of like public property. Okay. And they snip a couple wires and steal the damn horses and get them in the trailer. Well, by the time the cops show up, I'm standing there holding my gun. None of these bastards got a license. They got no papers on the horses. They got no plates on their trailer. They got no lights. And the cops let them leave with my horses. Because the woman that my wife had befriended had a uh, husband that was, they were trying to send up the river for pedophilia. He ended up killing himself. I don't know if it was true or not, but this, this woman was evil. I knew her later in life, too, and she basically gave her daughter away to a 20-year-old guy when she was 13. Did, did, did you get your horses back? No, I never did. They, well, like I said, it was only mine on paper and only from it, and then old Todd went and killed himself. Well, sorry to hear that, so, dude. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was a hard, it, it, but it don't make you trust the police at all. <laughs> I mean, and nor should you. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. You have a crack pipe in your hand politician found passed out while smoking fentanyl-laced crack. The scene is a jarring glimpse into the realities of the drug epidemic that plagues America. Uh, I mean, he would have been fine if it was just regular crack. Okay, but like, what about the the delusion epidemic? The delusion that people are under that politicians are legitimate in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. You must have a tough job. I mean, I don't care that he's doing drugs, but I do care that he's a politician. Right? Yeah, if he was just yeah. a regular dude, like, yeah. do drugs, I don't care. Now, think about yeah. it. He he probably bought those drugs with his salary, which were which his salary is paid by the taxpayers. Ah, that means you bought those drugs. We bought the drugs. Mm-hmm. The people in that town did. He didn't even share. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, yeah, that's kind of rude. It's kind of the, the public's drug. Cranston, <laughs> Rhode Island is where this took place, apparently. The rampant hypocrisy and double standards often seen in the world of politics took a hard hit recently. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) A hard hit. Took a hard hit recently. When police in Rhode Island (laughs) passed out. In a rare move of accountability, arrested a city council member who was found asleep at the wheel with a glass pipe in hand. Wait, in in a rare... What was that? Read that again. In a rare... In a rare move of accountability... (laughs) They arrested him. 
They they arrested city council member Matthew Riley, a Cranston city council member uh, who has since resigned from his position. In a one-sentence letter, Riley said... <laughs> Does that really one, qualify? One-sentence one letter. Does that really qualify as a letter? Sorry, I quit. <laughs> he says, quote... I hereby submit my resignation as the Ward 6 City Council person effective immediately. This is like when you put in a two weeks notice at a job and they're like, okay, we need it in writing. So you're like, I put in my two weeks notice. This is my last day. You know, like bare minimum, like fine. You want me to write something down on a piece of paper so you can have it for your records that I quit. Here it is written on a bar napkin. I uh um, need so, a double spaced. <laughs> I don't know. Out. I don't know if there are any states left that are not what they call at will employment states. But at will employment states uh have no there's no legal repercussions if you don't give two weeks notice, right? It's it's sort of a customary thing to give your two weeks notice, right? Yeah. Uh some people find it disrespectful if you don't. But there's no compelling reason for anybody to do so. If you want out of your job, you just quit right now. Yeah, just stop showing up. You don't Hank, even have Hank, to quit. Hank Williams style, take this job and shove right. it. Well, know. a lot yeah. of cor- a lot of corporate. If you say you're going to quit, they they'll they'll you're out right now. Yep, yeah. that does happen. We, we're too. changing your passwords. Your email is no longer active. Yeah. You're like, out of the building. It's like a messy breakup. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. you don't like me? Yeah, yeah. get I, out. We're I, escorting you to the parking. I line. did work for a company where uh, they were letting some people go. And like through a cavalcade of comical situations, uh, the people doing the letting go didn't show up until after these people showed up for work. Oh, so they already started working? Well, they couldn't because they had changed overnight. They had changed all their, and so they got, they sat down at their computers. They were able to, they didn't cut their badges off because they knew they had to sit down and talk to them and let them clean out their desk, but they changed all their passwords. So they show up for work. Just like, you know, they put yeah. their lunch away, they talk with the coworkers, <laughs> you know, get coffee, go have a cigarette, whatever it is, right? And and then they sit down and they're like, Oh, I can't get in. I, hey, can you open a ticket for me for with IT? Because I, I can't, right? Uh-uh. I'm like, sure, I'll open a ticket for you. Dear IT, I think you're about to fire these people. <laughs> but they're asking for their password. Please help. Right? That was my ticket to them. Oh man! The best way to do it is if you, on a Friday you just have a fire drill and get everyone out into the parking lot, lock the building, and say, "All right, we're cleaning that, out your desks." Is that the best way? <laughs> That's the best way. It used to be they would they would let people go on Fridays so that they could avoid yeah. you know at the end of the day on a Friday they could avoid any sort. Yeah. Of, but they've changed that now. It's a different day, and I don't know what day it is. It's like a Wednesday or something. Huh? Like, I, I've never worked a Monday through Friday job, so I don't know. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. yeah, I'm more of a. Oh. I've never gotten fired. Weekend worker. Yeah. I mean, here I am doing this on the weekend. So yeah, I, yeah. but this is cool. Shortwave surfer, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, first of all, um, hello everyone. And with this politicians thing, with the politicians and drug dealers, drug mm-hmm. dealers not liking politicians raising their taxes. It's just like how cops are treated in prison. You don't want to go to prison if you're a cop. It's a bad, bad place to be. Yeah. So you but, think um, politicians don't want to go to jail? I yeah, mean, I would. I would. I would think politicians would not want to raise taxes on drug dealers. <laughs> if they they're get uh, particularly if they're doing cocaine. drugs, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Nice fentanyl laced cocaine, cocaine or whatever crack or whatever, and just uh, pass away peacefully in their sleep. Boy, what? Do, I wonder if the bartenders can get in on this in Washington D.C. 
when Congress comes out to mm. drinking, you know, slip them a Mickey or something. I don't know. <laughs> my <laughs> it's a, it's a my reason I called yeah. was actually about cell four one one. You mentioned it earlier. I did, and it makes and it makes some sense. But I do have a, a question, okay. and that's if cell four one one is going to be used uh, to connect people with like emergency services or police services or whatever. How would this uh, this work without the police or whatever getting upset about it? So, like, if somebody's breaking into my house and I use my cell phone one to contact my friends, yep. and my friends are going to come over to my house, yep. but they can't do anything about the, the thief or whatever, because if they do, then they're going to be in trouble with the cops. Well, so you're, like if, you're supposing that the cops are going to show up anyway. That's true. We're but talking, like, about, example, we're talking right about replacing uh, 911 with this app where... You know, you get to choose who is on your emergency response lists, right? So, oh, if there's a fire at your house, uh, you call, you know, you hit this button and it calls, you know, all of these people. Or a whole different group of people. You got cops in your face. Oh, I'm going to call these people instead. Yeah. Uh, or you have a security concern. I'm going to call these people instead, right? So you can tailor. The idea is that you get choice, which you don't get with government right now, right? So you get to pick and choose who's coming, who you're going to call, for what situations, and if you don't have a big enough like social circle or like I, I like to call it a safety circle within cell 411, there are, uh, as I understand it, I, I, you know, this isn't in place yet to my knowledge, but there are groups that you can join. Uh, I would imagine in the future there would be groups that you could subscribe to, uh, you know, sort of as a, as a free market, uh, you know, sort of thing. Almost like a club, a security club in yeah. your town. Call it a friendly society. Yeah. You know? Because like. While the cops exist, uh, like while the cops and cell four one both exist, mm -hmm. my emergency contact network is not going to want to respond to say a thief in my house and shoot the guy. <laughs> Dep depends on where you live. I, th I think depends on where you live and who your friends are. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, it, and perhaps that is an indication that that particular person should not be on that particular list of yours. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Where you so the idea is that you make these agreements in advance, right? So if Steve lives down the road from me, uh, and I go, hey Steve, uh, you want to be on my, uh, you know, emergency emergency list, list for uh, security? Uh, well, what does that entail? And we'll work out the details of what it entails and huh. what kind of situations. I'll bring my golf clubs and we're good. Yeah. And and if he agrees, great. Then he's on the list. So the idea is to get people's agreement before you put them on these lists. <laughs> right, it's not you're having a party at your house, come on over. Right. Yeah. Although you could probably have that as well. <laughs> you could. There you go. Surfer, you'd be on my party list. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> when we last left our heroes, <laughs> that's us, by the way. <laughs> Yikes. Steve Classic, Nikki, yeah. and the captain, our heroes. Uh, we were talking to a supervillain known as Sarah from New Mexico. Okay, I am considered a supervillain. Uh, no. Well, sure, why not? Yeah. You're just okay, a regular so villain? I was at the, well, it's amazing that, you know, how I'm doing this network marketing. and Yes, it is amazing I, considering I, you're a communist doing a, a capitalist activity. Yeah, I, I don't know about all that, but it's just that I believe that it's a really good product, Why? all environmental what, why do you and believe natural, that? and it really helps people And besides all that. So and 
I went to the church and I gave her a really beautiful makeup catalog and how great the um, foundation feels on my skin and it's natural. And then, and then people like, ask me, do you get commissions? Do you make money off of this? Do you get something out of it? Well, I get loyalty dollars, and then they're like, oh. And they get very, very irate or very, very angry, or yeah, they want nothing to do with Sarah, it. Because, Sarah, you're basically telemarketing, except you're doing it in person. That's, yeah, that's they're very like, capitalistic. Are you, are, are, that's the whole point. It's like, okay, so I'm getting something out of it, but there's um, all these professions that really help people, like grocery stores. These are vital things, but they make money off of it. Yeah, yeah, but, it's capitalism. Like yeah, but the, the grocery clerk isn't coming to your church and shoving groceries down your throat. You're going into okay, a church okay, shoving okay, shoving brochures that, hold and hold products into people's faces when when they're trying to go to church and have some worship going on. They don't want to get pitched. There's some makeup. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, okay, okay. So if I told them I went to the Chinese restaurant over there and it's got a great food and i went but as, as long as i'm not getting paid they don't mind but i went to i went to the farmer's market they find i found a whole bunch of charcoal soap and I, it's all organic i was the church talking about today they didn't get mined but they'll report me to the pastor and they'll like shut me up if i if there's some kind of a money uh, uh that i'm making from it some kind of a referral fee yeah but when you what i'm saying but wouldn't you take your money and give it back to the church so why should well, they mean, be upset? It if there's some, some some dollar sign or something that I'm getting out of it because I'm telling them something, that's when it makes it bad. That's that's when then that's when they say I'm soliciting. But I mean, I went to the farmers yeah. market. They had kombucha tea and I had charcoal soap, all natural um, salve. I got oh they could they could let me blabber on forever as long as I'm not getting anything out of it. But the thing is that the whole my whole point is okay, teachers fire. Persons, everybody that works at fast food, they get paid money. They're given, providing a great service, and they're getting reimbursed with money. Okay. But that's not considered um, a evil thing. A lot of people make make, right. make but, money but doing multi-level marketing is considered evil because people have lost uh, absurd amounts of money engaging in multi-level marketing. So it has, just like telemarketing, it has a horrible reputation. There are a few organizations out there that are seemingly legitimate with their operation. If that is an organization that you wish to join, that is your choice. But you still have to deal with the reality that is that multi-level marketing, uh, what you're engaged in, uh, has a horrible reputation that rivals the horrible reputation that telemarketers have. Is that, almo is that almost like a pyramid scheme? It's, yeah. yeah. So like you're at the top well, I, and your friends are down You've got the a bottom. downline and whoever mm -hmm. signs up below you, you get a piece of that action, you know, and it sort of flows yeah, back up on. to you. So I, okay. okay is, let's say it is a multi-level whatever network market. Okay, but so I was at the farmer's market and they, I saw some – um, like an earthy kind of a people, environmentals, like seven of them sitting down. So I told them, hey, have you heard about so-and-so um, products? It's really concentrated. You add, We don't ship water. We put it in a small plastic containers. It's environmental. It's all natural, and it's safe to clean around the hoses. And the first thing that came out of their mouth was, are you trying to sell me something? 
No, I, I don't. I told him I'm just trying to tell you something. I'm not trying to sell you something. Because if I'm selling you something, I would have the product with you, with me, and I would want you to give me money for exchange of it. I'm not Sneaky. selling you something. I'm just trying to tell you something. All right, let's talk about something interesting, like the crack-smoking uh, city councilman. Uh, what was his name? Matthew, Matthew Riley. Yeah, Matthew Riley. something. Yeah. Uh, confronted with the evidence, Riley admits to a relapse. Wait, did I skip something? Uh, upon questioning, Riley initially denies the presence of any drugs in his vehicle. Statement that police later you know, proved false. They reportedly discovered crack with fentanyl. Okay, so... Uh, confronted with the evidence, Riley admits to a relapse, citing a recent tough divorce as the trigger. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, oh, my wife left me, so I smoke crack. Call a wambulance. <laughs> what wambulance. is that, uh, that episode of It's Always Sunny? Oh, did you get addicted to crack? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did somebody get addicted to crack? Uh, <laughs> but it's not personal woes that are at the heart of the matter. The article continues. No. It's the pressing issue of the fentanyl epidemic, a crisis that's tearing through communities. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, could, be the, it could be the drug dealer who just doesn't like the councilman because he's raising taxes. Irrespective of class or profession and creating disturbing scenes like this, <laughs> where politicians are found unconscious with a crack pipe. That's disturbing. Yes, let's blame the drug, not the choice that the crackhead <laughs> <Yeah>. made. <laughs> disturbing. Everything's a choice, people. Everything's a choice. You have a choice. Now I'm going to get some, you know, former drug addict calling in. I didn't have a choice when I did drugs. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah, every, time a you, lot of, every time you sparked it up, you had a choice. a choice. There's a lot of talk about, like, uh, the mental illness aspect. And not even mental illness, because I'm sure a lot of addicts also do have a history with mental Absolutely health. Absolutely, they do, yes. Um, But the there's a lot of talk like, oh the it's it's a disease people really want it to be a disease because that takes away a lot of the responsibility and i think such an important aspect of getting clean and yeah recovery recovery is admitting yeah responsibility yeah responsibility i made that choice and i have the power maybe whatever if it's a disease or not i think that's just technicalities yeah but I had the choice, and now I'm choosing to not do that anymore. I think the disease part kind of just no, takes away. You know the, what? It, I think the disease is is associated so that insurance can pay for the treatment after. Yeah. I so mean, it's not coming out of your pocket. Oh, I had a disease. Okay, then we'll we'll treat yeah. the disease. Here's your stay at a rehab center yeah. or whatever. Um. Yeah, know. and and I can kind of see both sides of it too because I've had mothers who have lost children. You know, share with me like. They felt really alone when their child overdosed and passed away. Right. And their perspective on it was kind of like, well, if my kid had cancer and died, everyone would be here for me and they'd, you know, I would I would have more support, but since my child was an addict, right. they feel like like a lot of shame and mm-hmm. guilt and there's so much stigma stigma surrounding it that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a well, sticky wicket. You know, yeah. and, the, and the disease if if you were on if you never had access to alcohol, you would never become an alcoholic. Uh, we have uh, I'm going to butcher your name, Publius, is that it? Publius. Publius. Publius with an S like Sierra. Okay. What's You're on your mind? You're saying it really fast, too. Yeah, hey, uh, well, hypothetical. 
I got a just kind of a thought, and it's been kind of on my mind. Do you guys hang out together, all three of you? Do you ever go out to restaurants or bars? All or, the time. Do you ever have disagreements? Yeah, like, all the time. All the time. Oh, yeah. yeah we were. We, okay. we, we had a little disagreement about uh, a, RFK tonight. Yeah, but, we're yeah. a fiery bunch. Okay. Okay, cool. Like me and my friends. And my yeah. family too. So okay. So wait, wait. So first of all, let me just lay the groundwork for you. Uh, <laughs> libertarians in general, or freedom-minded people, uh, know that they are correct about uh, many things, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and they are. And then there's uh-huh. things that, like, when you get down underneath the surface stuff, that they all disagree about. Everybody's got a little <laughs> bit of a different flavor on, you know, like, sure. I'm more anarchist, and some people are less anarchist, or some people, like, you know, I, there's little things that we all, and so we really get into it. Like, there okay. are epic uh, discussions, epic, uh, you know, online things in the chat rooms. Oh, there's, yeah. you know, at the gatherings, okay. there's there's impromptu debates that happen. Uh, and, oh, okay. I support him. I support him. And, oh, I don't support him at all. And all that kind of stuff. So it happens all. All peaceful. All, it's all peaceful. But it happens all the time. Sure. Yeah, cool. Sounds like me and my close relationship. So my question is this. What? If you were out having a discussion and maybe somebody wasn't agreeing, and I'm just going to, I don't know Nikki, but just if what would you do if Nikki stood up and said, if you don't see things my way and you don't want to do it my way and you don't agree with me, that is the end of democracy. Democracy? Democracy? Mm, Well, I'd (laughs) have to think about that for a minute because, first of all, I know what I think. First I know of, what I would say. First of all, I don't think democracy is a good idea. And so ending democracy sounds like a net positive for me. Yeah. But Nikki trying to force me to believe and think as she does does not sound positive to me. So I, I'd be a little bit torn because I would love to see the end of democracy as a way to, like, you know, organize and, you know, have society function. But at the same time, I'm not going to let Nikki tell me what to do and how to live my life because I'm me. I would ask, who are you working for? <laughs> right, right. I would probably say you need to go jump in a cold lake and wake up. Or <laughs> you I might do love ice baths. <laughs> you might need to get checked out or something. But, you know, the funny thing is, but it's not funny, but a lot of politicians say that now, and I'm not mentioning any names, but it's almost an insult, I think, to – Americans, um, because it's an insulting comment, because I think they think that everybody is so dumb that they will just absolutely believe that and go along with whatever they're saying. Yeah, it does seem to be a a commonly repeated phrase. Doesn't matter what uh, flavor of politician, what uh, colors they're wearing, whether they're with the Bloods or the Crips. I mean, the Republicans or the Democrats. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem to matter that, oh, it'll be the the end of freedom or the end of democracy or the end of the American way, which is like. Yeah, I think my suggestion would be, I think it would be funny to do an experiment with like maybe 500 people and say, go say that to your fav- to your best friends or your family members and watch the expressions on their face or write down the comments and maybe post it. And just just throw it out there and say, well, if you don't agree with me and you don't want to do it my way, that's going to be the end of democracy. That's it. That's it for us. <laughs> it's the end. <laughs> so, it's just something to think about. 
I went on a field trip uh, in school in, uh, had to have been eighth grade. And this was uh, uh, right around the dawn of heavy marketing for non-alcoholic beer. O'Doul's. Yeah. 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 It wasn't O'Doul's. It was some other brand. I can't remember the brand. Near beer? But it was was (laughs) non-alcoholic beer. And I also bought a bottle of uh, the sparkling water that looks like champagne. It's the champagne bottle, champagne, but it's but it's not champagne. There's no alcohol, and it's just basically fruit juice with. But bubbles. do you still oh. have so, to so be I bought, like Martinelli's listen, or something? I sparkling. Cider. I bought a six pack of non-alcoholic beer and a bottle of non-alcoholic sparkling, <laughs> yeah, sure. and I took it on the bus to the field trip that that we were going on, and uh, I got it taken away from me, and I got reprimanded for it. No Why? alcohol. No alcohol. Yeah, I I don't know. So I think like, you like, do well, you have can't bring to be, beer on it. It's, it's like it's not beer. It's not yeah, alcohol. Yeah, it's like look at it. It says zero percent alcohol, yeah, idiot. Right. But you, I think you do have to be twenty-one to buy O'Doul's. Really? Yeah, you do. Wow. I I did not at the time. Yeah. So I mean, that, laws might yeah. have changed. Yeah, I'm old. Um, so, but yeah. last time I was a bartender, we would card people for O'Doul's. And it was to be like, in a bar, you have to be 21. No, to even to Unless purchase a- the O'Doul's. Like if you're sitting at um, like a table in a restaurant and you're like, oh, can I get an O'Doul's? You have to be technically 21 really? years old. Wow. I don't know why. Maybe there's like a small amount of alcohol in it. There, but- There is a tiny bit of alcohol in it. It's true. But there's no more alcohol in it than is in like a piece of candy. Yeah, right, exactly. Kind of yeah. Um, I will say that uh, one of my relatives growing up uh, was diabetic and could not drink the alcohol, but still liked beer yeah. uh, and would overpurchase uh, like different brands to try them. Right. They'd, mm-hmm. oh, I'll buy a 12 pack of this. See how I like. Oh, I don't like it. what non-alcoholic beer is good for is marinating meat. Okay. Right. You don't need the alcohol like in the flavor. beer to marinate the meat. So if you want to, you know, uh, simmer uh, some sausages in uh, the beer, like bratwurst, for example. Uh, or if you want to tenderize uh, some pork chops, uh, you put them in a Ziploc, pour some non-alcoholic beer in there, uh, along with some, uh, you know, I don't know, teriyaki sauce or some soy or something, some seasonings if you want to throw some garlic in there, let it sit in your fridge overnight, and then make that steak the next day or that pork chop the next day, and it'll be delicious. Is it better mm. than alcoholic beer? No. Okay. Well, so wouldn't you, you well. just use... Well, you could, but I'm just saying, like, here was an unused, yeah. uh, okay. you know, source of non-alcoholic beer, which I totally wasn't going to drink because, let's face it, I was no. in it to get drunk. Yeah, uh, let's do something with it. Yeah. I get you. But, I'm like, picking up what you're putting down. Here's a resource that I can use for cooking that's not going to waste perfectly good beer that'll get you drunk. Yeah, cool. You know, uh, beer can chicken, it's good for. Yeah. If you've never made yeah. beer can chicken, it's awesome. I don't know why well, I'm I, I have, this, I have, I brought this up on the magic rectangle here. It says federal law classifies beverages under 0.5% alcohol as non-alcoholic. So O'Doul's has 0.4% alcohol. Many states pose no restrictions on the purchase of those beverages, but some do, as do some counties or cities within states that would otherwise legally allow it. Okay. So, so that's a Massachusetts thing then? <laughs> Well, it's probably other states yeah, too, course, but... you know, it for sure. O'Doul's doesn't fall under uh, fall on the register of beverages with more than 0.5%, yeah. so it's can kids can drink it. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, I I don't know why you would drink beer if it doesn't do anything for yeah, you. Yeah. It's just like, it's it's like very Why don't you get a better drink, you know? <laughs> right. Especially kids, O'Doul's, kids like O'Doul's sp- isn't even sprite. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, I found a great use for it. Yeah. It's cooking. 
<laughs> if you have a recipe that calls for you know soaking something in beer or whatever, why that's uh, that's where you need to go. You need to use it for cooking. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.